Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Josephowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here. So grab your headphones and let's do this. Hello friends. Welcome to episode eight of Tough Cookie Talks. Today we are going to have a conversation about something that I wish more people would have talked about back in the day when I first started getting introduced to this whole idea of anti-diet culture stuff. And that's how to do fitness without diet culture. So today we're going to talk about some of the mistakes that I made back in the day, some of the mistakes that I see others making, and hopefully help you to avoid making those mistakes as well. Truth be told, navigating fitness without diet culture has been one of the greatest challenges of both my professional and personal life. And it's also been one of the most rewarding and meaningful things I've ever done. And navigating fitness when you've just started to realize what diet culture is and why it's harmful is 10 times harder. Side note, I have an episode on that. I don't remember what episode it was because I'm not very good at remembering numbers, but it was one of the earlier ones. I think maybe episode three. I don't know. You'll find it. It's an early episode. In any case, if you haven't listened to that one, please do. But when I first started learning about what diet culture was and why it's harmful, I had a lot of questions going through my head. Some of the things that I asked were, how do I even do fitness now? Can you still do more intense workouts? Is fitness in itself inherently diet culture? How do you even measure your progress when you're not using the scale or before and after photos? Is it possible to have any sort of goals without being obsessive over them? Do people actually have to take an extended period off exercise like so many of the quote unquote experts say? That's something that I heard a lot. And then are walks and gentle yoga the only way to do quote unquote joyful movement. So again, these are all questions that I asked myself when I started going down this whole quote unquote body positive rabbit hole back around 2015, 2016. I put that in air quotes because that's a whole nother topic to dive into at another time. But at the beginning of my journey, at the time I began, it was really, really easy to find non-diet dietitians and health at every size aligned therapists to follow online in particular. 
it seemed like everybody I knew was studying to become an intuitive eating counselor and body image coaches seemed to be a dime a dozen. And yet nobody was talking about the exercise piece. At least that's what I thought. I'm kind of curious. And if you're listening to this right now and you were in this world back around 2015, 2016, I'm curious if you knew a lot of fitness professionals that were talking about exercise from a non-diet culture perspective, because I certainly had a very hard time finding it at that point. And now I think that landscape is very different. I think there's a lot more of us, but I'm not sure if that's because I just found my people or if they didn't really exist. And this is sort of a new phenomenon for fitness professionals. In any case, I found it mind blowing that at that time I wasn't able to find anybody talking about the exercise piece. How was that possible? If we think about it, your relationship with exercise and food and your body are so intertwined. For many of us, we put those three things together like a math equation, you know, like eat this, burn this, do this, look like this. It's all so intertwined. It's like a little trifecta. Anyway, at one point I did an online course with a very well-known person in the anti-diet space. If you know, you know, you'll know if you hear me talking about this, what that course was. But this course was designed to help other professionals share their message. And at the time, I was one of the only personal trainers in that group. It was mostly therapists and dietitians. And in spite of this, it seemed as though all of these dietitians and therapists had the same opinion on exercise and movement, or particularly this whole idea of joyful movement that you hear talked about very often. And that was walks and gentle yoga. That's what they said. The fitness industry is toxic. The gym is toxic and you need to stay away. And yeah, there's a lot of toxic shit in the fitness industry. I talk about that and will continue to talk about all the toxic shit in the fitness industry on this podcast. That's what I do. And also, I still think that there's a lot of good to be found without subscribing to that. But at the time when I heard this message, I was like, wait, so is this really my lot in life now? Like I'm only allowed to take walks and do yoga and I'm not allowed to go to the gym anymore because it's toxic there. (sighs) I was confused. Maybe some of you are feeling this way too, but the irony, the irony that I find in this is that fitness movement isn't really in the scope of practice of dietitians and therapists to begin with. I mean, maybe to an extent there are certain things that they can talk about, um, particularly therapists talking to somebody about the way that they relate to exercise. But I find this very ironic considering the backlash that personal trainers get for writing meal plans. That's out of our scope of practice, by the way. We're not supposed to do that. Personal trainers are not supposed to be writing meal plans because we're not dietitians. But I find it very ironic, the audacity, if we're being honest, of uh, dietitians who feel the need to be able to give all sorts of advice about movement when they really have No idea, except just being a mover themselves. I'm thinking about that uh, 
Instagram real audio right now that's like, or maybe it's a TikTok, I don't remember where they're like, what's something that you'll get a lot of hate for if you say it out loud? I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that, but I said what I said, I stand by that. We all need to stay within our scope of practice. In any case, back to the point, any mention of exercise aside from that was always just an afterthought. Just rest was the advice that I got, just rest, You don't have to move your body if you don't want to. Movement is not a moral obligation. You don't have to move your body if you don't want to. Cool, they're right, you don't. But my question, what if you do want to? What do you do then? What if you actually think it's fun to challenge yourself physically? I can't be the only one that thinks that, right? What if you've been an athlete or like in my case, a dancer for your entire life? What if your career is wrapped up in some sort of movement, being that teaching, coaching, performing, like actually being a professional athlete? Um, What if you know that hiding underneath all of that transformation Tuesday and like Fitzbo and all of that stuff, that there's still a lot of good to be found? There really is. And so my question, my proposition to everyone in this anti-diet culture space, what if instead of avoiding the fitness industry and writing it off, we do the work to change it? What if we, we meaning the fitness professionals specifically, start working to help people change their relationship with exercise instead of throwing it all out the window? We need to start questioning everything we ever knew and also everything that we're continuing to learn. And that's what I'm here to help you figure out. That's what I help my clients figure out because here is the thing. If you go from unquestioningly listening to quote unquote wellness influencers to unquestioningly following the advice of anti-diet professionals... You know what I'm going to say here, right? It's just another flavor of the same shit sandwich. If you go from unquestioningly listening to wellness influencers to unquestioningly following the advice of anti-diet professionals, it's just another flavor of the same shit sandwich. There is no room for autonomy in either one. There is no room for your lived experience, no room for your unique likes and dislikes. And many of us spent so much of our past lives drinking the wellness Kool-Aid, aka the green juice, the bulletproof coffee, without question, that when we finally came around to something different, we went all in with it, all in with it, failing to realize that we were falling into the same exact trap that got us into trouble the first time. And so I'm going to share one of my favorite quotes ever. This is a quote from Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. And I read this book all back around March 2020, April 2020. I can't remember. It's all blurring together. Sometime around there. And at that time, I was spending far too much time scrolling online, stuck in the echo chamber of fellow like-minded professionals And feeling a lot like I needed to say certain things to be accepted 
as an anti-diet fitness professional and feeling like I almost had to say certain things to be taken seriously or to be respected. And when I read this quote, I was like, holy shit. Rebellion is just as much of a cage as obedience is. They both mean living in reaction to someone else's way instead of forging your own. Freedom is not being for or against an ideal, but creating your own existence from scratch. That's worth repeating. I'm going to say it again. Rebellion is just as much of a cage as obedience is. They both mean living in reaction to someone else's way instead of forging your own. Freedom is not being for or against an ideal, but creating your own existence from scratch. That is Glennon Doyle from Untamed. And I see this so often, so often with really everybody, my new clients that are getting started out in this work, fellow professionals, just about everybody, where we get so stuck in rebelling against diet culture or pushing back against everything that we think it means that we can't be bothered to stop and be like, hmm, is this true for me? How do I actually feel about carrots? Are carrots diet culture? Or are they just carrots? Do I like them because I like them? Or do I like them because I'm stuck in diet culture? It's really easy to just rebel against it all for rebellion's sake because you're trying to line yourself up with a certain identity that you may find yourself doing stuff that's not aligned with who you really are in the first place. And this is a dangerous trap. And I could go down a whole... We could go real deep with this about how this whole idea is causing problems on a larger scale in our world, being stuck in an identity, so stuck that you can't be bothered to do things that are actually good for you. But we're not going to go there today. That's a really long conversation. These days, I'm less about labels and more about creating my own version about what fitness looks like without diet culture. And I want to invite you to do the same. Because I spent far too long and far too many years accepting what was told to me without question from both sides, from both everyone stuck in diet culture, Fitzbos, and from professionals that I respected in the anti-diet space. And so I'd like to share with you some mistakes that I made in the beginning and hopefully save you from making them too. So anyway, that's a really, really long-winded intro to say these are the 10 mistakes that I made that I'm hoping to help you avoid when you're trying to do fitness without diet culture. Okay, so mistake number one, and this is something that you'll hear me say often in a variety of contexts because it's so important. Make sure that you are not following fitness advice that wasn't meant for you. We need to understand what kinds of fitness advice is meant for us and what is not. So some personal trainers specialize in working with bodybuilders and others specialize in working with people who are in recovery from a full-blown eating disorder and everything in between along that spectrum. 
not all of them are talking to you. Not all of them are talking to you. In fact, 99.9% of them know nothing about you. Nobody can give you fitness advice with 100% certainty without knowing the depth of your lived experience. But a good coach is going to take the time to get to know that. So please keep this in mind because if you follow a variety of fitness people and really anyone in the anti-diet space that is talking about movements, they're speaking from all sorts of different lived experiences. They don't know you and the advice that they're giving might not apply to you. So definitely keep that in mind when you're seeking fitness advice. Second mistake, don't assume that someone's automatically quote unquote good or bad simply because of the way that they label themselves. Fitness professionals who label themselves as quote unquote body positive are often just co-opting buzzwords. Not always, but often, especially as this becomes more mainstream. And also people who don't embrace these kinds of labels might actually align with your values once you get to know them. And that's really the key. This is something that works both ways. So as much as you want to take advice from people who understand you, you also want to take the time to vet and get to know people as whole humans before you judge or hire them. Here's a true story. I know quite a few people, friends, colleagues that live in the Chicago area who don't necessarily label themselves in the same way as that I do. As a fitness professional, they maybe don't even put themselves out there on social media as much, but they're people that I know and I know share many of the similar values that I have and I would gladly refer clients to them as well. So that's the key. I feel like it takes a little bit of trial and error a little bit of taking the time to either a follow someone if they are on social media or spending some time with them if they're somebody that you know in your real life but don't assume that someone is automatically one thing or the other based on how they label themselves labels are something that get us into trouble when we look at things as only like a black and white so keep that in mind mistake number three Make sure that you're not creating an echo chamber of the same thoughts and ideas. This is very easy to do on social media, especially when you're following a lot of similar accounts. The algorithm at the time that I'm recording this, and I'm sure it'll probably be this way until the end of time, pays attention to the things that you follow, that you like, that you engage with, that you comment on, and it gives you more of those. So it's very easy to get stuck in this thought of the same ideas over and over and over again. So yes, do unfollow diet culture accounts that make you feel like garbage about yourself. But if someone is addressing nuance that makes you a little bit uncomfortable or challenges your worldview, I would encourage you to stick around and listen at least for a little bit or to consider what they're saying, because there may be something to learn there or some gray areas to explore. And I think that's so, so important. I've talked about this before, but I feel like for me, one of the biggest problems personally, particularly during the lockdown of 2020, right in the beginning, 
I was spending a lot of time scrolling on social media and feel like I really got stuck in what my true beliefs were and finding my own voice because I was too busy listening to what all of my peers were saying and saying the things that I thought I was supposed to say instead of saying how I actually felt. So be mindful of what you're surrounding yourself with. And yes, do unfollow garbage that's making you feel like crap, but be open to exploring nuance and some different ideas as well. Mistake number four, if we want others to be open and curious about this stuff, we need to offer them a little bit of the same. So it's one thing to share new perspectives with the people in your life, especially if you're excited about them and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing is blowing my mind. But if you get too militant with your newfound views from the get-go, you may alienate people, particularly those who may have otherwise gotten on board. And this is something that I've personally gotten some pushback from from some peers of mine who say like, no, you need to go like all the way and be like super strong in your stance and super radical in your beliefs. And yes, I think to an extent it is important to explore the depth of things, not just skim the surface or sugarcoat. And I think it's important to be real and be honest with people about where you stand. And there are also different ways to go about this. Many people need more time and grace to warm up to the anti-diet message because it goes against everything that we've ever been taught, especially when it comes to fitness. So I like to share ideas and plant seeds but give people space to process and time to process and time to ask questions without judgment, not only when it comes to my friends and my family and my peers, um, but especially, especially with my clients, because we're all coming at this from a different place. So we need to offer people the same kinds of openness, I guess, and chance to be curious and ask questions without judgments if we want them to get on board. At least that's my opinion. On that note, number five is you don't have to convert everyone in your life. Don't try. Not everyone in your personal life will understand you, and that's okay. So people who do things that you hate, for me, that's like, posting before and after photos, doing whole thirties, stuff like that. They're not the enemy. They're not. They've gotten sucked in to diet culture, just like you probably once were. So a lot of times when people come to me and ask me questions like, Hey Jenna, so my best friend since eighth grade is doing beach body. Now, how do I convince her not to? My answer, you don't. You can set boundaries with people about what they're allowed to speak about when they're with you. I think that can be really valuable, but every single person in your life cannot be everything to you. So just like I don't expect my sports loving introverted husband to be the person that I invite to a Lizzo concert, I have certain friends who don't understand how I'm a personal trainer who doesn't sell fat loss and that is okay. It doesn't mean we still can't get together for a margarita and reminisce about high school or college or whatever. There's a difference between people who are truly shitty people and people who 
need some time to warm up and understand. And I really think that by offering people that understanding and not trying to go super hard or convert them all, that maybe we can just create some new conversations and more space for understanding, which is what I think we all want at the end. Now, on the subject of friends, let's go into number six. Do befriend people who are like-minded and also people who are open to discussing that nuance with you without judgment. I'm thinking of one friend of mine in particular who I get to have all sorts of wonderful, wonderful conversations about this stuff with and to process those gray areas and those things that maybe we're both a little too afraid to say in public because we're not sure how we feel about certain things. Sometimes these like-minded people only exist on the internet. Or at the very least, that's the only way that you can find them and connect with them in real life in an in-person capacity. So it's good be, to be able to process new ideas with other humans who are on the same journey as you. It definitely helps you feel less alone. That's why online communities can be wonderful, again, when you're able to curate your social media accordingly. Um, and also, I want to add to this, just a little side note as a content creator um, and somebody who is learning from lots of other content creators who are in more marginalized positions than I, make sure that as you're using uh, podcast blogs, social media posts, etc., to learn about new ideas, remember that you're consuming that content for free. Um, and just because somebody might create free content doesn't mean that that person is available for you to pick their brain or educate or coach you for free 24 seven. So keep that in mind if you're sending somebody a DM or trying to reach out with questions and you maybe don't get the response that you want or get sent to a page where you can pay for a coaching call. Do befriend people who are like-minded, do follow online accounts that can present you with new ideas, and be mindful of who you're using to process this new information with. Anyway, number seven, we're gonna take this in a different direction. Remember that this whole quote-unquote joyful movement thing looks different for everybody. This is one of the biggest traps that I personally fell into. You don't have to like what other people like. You don't have to hate running unless you actually hate running. You don't have to hate traditional gym settings unless your gym is actually full of shitheads, all right? You're allowed to enjoy more intense forms of movement and more subtle ones. So don't let anyone else tell you what's joyful and what is not. This is so, so important. I feel that it's really easy to kind of get sucked into this black and white thinking and think to yourselves, and I was definitely somebody who did this, be like, oh, I was really disordered with running. Running was very much associated with diet culture and compensatory exercise for me, and I was really obsessive about it, so running is diet culture. Well, no, it is not. Maybe it was for me. Maybe I have some shit that I need to work through with the running, but that doesn't mean it's true for everyone. So keep that in mind when you're listening to other people talk about what joyful movement is and what's disordered and what's diet culture and what's not. When it comes to movements, you get to decide 
what's joyful for you and it can be more intense or less intense and it is all okay and good. Number eight, remember that movement doesn't always have to be joyful. I love the idea of joyful movement. I do. This is something that's talked about a lot in anti-diet culture, intuitive eating, health at every size spaces. And I think the name kind of gives people the perception that it needs to look like Julie Andrews twirling in a meadow to not be laced with diet culture. This is not true. As humans, we move for a variety of reasons. Some of us also like to work out and train sometimes too. There's a difference, by the way, and we'll talk about the differences between those things maybe on another episode, but none of this should be inspired by guilt and shame. That's not what I'm saying. We don't need to go into like guilty movement, shameful movement, whatever, but movement can also be other things like tolerable and useful and functional. I'm really into rageful movement lately, help to release some of my aggressions. All of this is okay and good. So please don't feel like you're doing movement wrong if you don't feel completely like elated and joyful and blissed out every time. It doesn't have to be that way and it's okay. It can be a lot of things. Number nine, keep in mind that all movement is morally equivalent, but it doesn't all help you reach the same goal. One message that I commonly received and still do from time to time in the anti-diet space is that all movement is morally equivalent. Yes, this is 100% true. I'm a firm believer that you should never have to do movement that you hate if you don't want to. You are not morally better than someone because of your choice of workout, okay? So nobody is saying that you're a bad person if you don't lift weights. And also it's important not to get it twisted. Just because all movement is morally equivalent doesn't mean it all helps you reach the same goal. This is something that I've helped clients work through often because here's the deal. If you have a goal, say, of improving your upper body strength, riding your bike more because that's what you find to be joyful isn't going to help you do that. So what do we do in these cases? Well, we either A, reassess our goals, maybe decide, oh, I guess I don't really want upper body strength as much as I thought I did. So maybe I'm not going to lift weights because I'm not super into that. Or maybe you're like, hey, Riding my bike is my favorite thing ever. I'm going to keep doing that, but I also really want to get upper body strength. So this kind of movement that I work on to get more upper body strength is maybe just like a tolerable thing for me and it's fine. Um, But different kinds of movements serve different purposes and it's important to keep that in mind. Number 10, this is a big one. Do not trade one measure of your worth for another. So when you're giving giving up measuring your worth by the number on the scale, that can feel really, really freeing. It's great. And make sure you aren't trading that measure for something else, like the amount of weight you can lift, for example. And I see that a lot. People throw away their scales and then they're like, oh, but I don't understand why I... I'm not lifting as much today as I was lifting yesterday and they get really hung up about it. Two different flavors of the same shit sandwich. 
Anyway, just because you don't have all of this figured out by yourself does not mean your own inner wisdom does not matter. Okay. This is complicated. I don't think any of us really know what we're doing here. This is uncharted territory. Fitness without a side of diet culture. What, what is that? Like it's new. Navigating the world of fitness when you're trying to let go of diet culture is hard. Okay. That's it. That's what it is. But remember that you are the expert on your own body. And when you're looking around to others to show you the way, remember that while they might be the expert on the thing that they're doing, you are the expert on you. Sometimes it's helpful to have others walk beside you. It is. And sometimes you have to trust your intuition and know what's true for you when you shut out all the noise. The more that I learn, the more I realize that I know Nothing, nothing. The answer is very often it depends. And I think that anyone who is worth listening to, worth working with, will likely agree. Now, if you want someone to walk beside you on this journey, to help you talk through those tough conversations without judgment to figure out how fitness without a side of diet culture looks for you in your life. My online group coaching program, Tough Love Strength Club, might be a great fit for you. Doors are going to open for enrollment for that program in March of 2022 as I'm recording this. But if you want to get on the wait list right now, I will link to that in the show notes. You can sign yourself up, get free samples of different parts of that program, get to try some of the workouts for free, get first dibs on enrollment and a discount when doors open. So again, I will link to that Tough Love Strength Club in the show notes and you can go check that out. Have an awesome day. Thanks again for tuning in to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you want to learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, itsjennaj.com or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.